Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. First day of June. Thank you for putting on Stacking the Box. Brought to you by... Matt Verderam. Good to see you, buddy. Going on. How are you? So let me just read this right from Pro Football Talk, who are taking it from the athletic, as we're going to talk some Aaron Rodgers here. And we'll, by the way, we'll get into uh, the life that is you and the New York Knicks, which it's just too bad that Julius Randle just decided to stop playing basketball. But we'll get to that in a second here, Verderam, or not in a second, but before the end of the podcast. So This is what they write. I'm just going to read it. The Packers won't trade Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't want to play for them because the Packers don't believe that Rodgers won't play for them. That's, in essence, the recent report from Matt Schneidman of TheAthletic.com. Schneidman does great work. And he writes the Packers would trade Rodgers if the Packers, quote, believed he was truly committed to never playing for them again. How people actually know what's going on in Aaron Rodgers' head to this level. I mean, I don't know what's going on in my head to that level, but that's what's being written. Um, And by the way, if they were willing to trade him, he writes, they, quote, wanted to to get draft picks and players in return instead of forcing him to retire. So they would want assets versus screw you. We're not doing anything. You can just go away and play golf or, I don't know, take pictures under waterfalls with beautiful women and friends. Uh, You want to try to break this down here, Matt Verderam? We're going to call your bluff. He's going to come back and play. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Look, we've been talking about this. I'm sure people are even sick of hearing us talk about this, and we apologize, but it's June 1st, and damn it, there's not a whole hell of a lot going on. I'm not apologizing. This is this is. I think people. I think people are truly fascinated by what's going to happen. I'm I'm fascinated. if, If you're the Packers. Here are the options Rodgers has, reasonable options. He can come back and play for the Packers. He can hold out and come back with like a week to go in training camp and play for the Packers. Or he can hold out into and or through the season and lose $2 million a week as he does this. Okay, Or he can retire. And lose a hundred million dollars that's left on his contract and twenty-three million dollars that he has to pay back, which is the signing bonus for this deal. Okay. Now, I don't know about you. I find the last option to be impossible to believe. He is not going to do that. It's not you know, I don't care. I love these people who are like, well, you know, Aaron holds a grudge. Yeah, I can hold a grudge too, but $123 million might make me rethink it. Okay. He is not retiring. So if we put that out, then the two of the other three options, he's playing for the Packers, right? Like the only other option that he wouldn't be playing for them is if he actually, if he did basically a Carson Palmer did, right? Like I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. 
trade me, trade me, trade me, trade me. It's week eight. I'm still not playing. If he's willing to go that far, then I think it's possible. But I think that's what it would take. Like, I don't see any scenario that's reasonable where the Packers would panic and trade him on August 10th. Like, maybe it happens. I think it's nuts. I I think it's interesting from a Packers standpoint right now that this report is out there. And you've got to be at least a little worried that, oh, my God, he thinks that we don't think that he'll do that. So now is he going to try to prove us wrong? and just be that stubborn it's happened before people cut off their nose to spite their face all the time in life and when you've got as much money in the bank as Aaron Rodgers does you could do it and he you know I I, it doesn't make sense I would rather have another 100 million dollars in my bank account to buy my 17th yacht and stay in Bora Bora at an overwater bungalow for $25,000 a night and feel like it's $22. But he also could be like, eh, I got plenty of dough, bro. And I'm not, you're not, I am not going to cave to your ridiculousness just because of money. I don't I, think I, it's- I, I, but, but it's also, by the way, do you not enjoy doing your job? Don't you that, like playing quarterback at the NFL? That is where, like, look, I, I actually agree. Like we, I just talked about the money and I do think that by the way, is a massive factor. I don't care how much money you have. That's a lot of money. But, like, this is the NFL. He's great. He loves playing football. This isn't, you know, he's not an accountant who can go back and work till he's 65. Like, he's got a finite amount of time left in him, right? Like, if you're him, you're going to sit out with what is arguably and most likely your best football in, in your arm right now to just go, yeah, I don't want to play for the Packers. And, and, and by the way, go where exactly? Go to the Raiders? Because I got to tell you, they're not better than the Packers. This idea that, like, well, he can go to the Raiders, they will still not even sniff the division. If he goes to the Raiders, that team will still win, what, 10 games? They're not good. That team's terrible. That team's not as good as the Packers. Now, the, the Broncos are more interesting but again, like, would I bet on Denver to win that division if they had Rodgers? No, I wouldn't. Like, I think they'd be a playoff team. I think they'd be a force. But, like, to me, if you're Rodgers, the NFC is wide open. I get the Bucs just won the Super Bowl. They're an older team that has a lot of guys who could end up getting hurt this year. I mean, that's a team that has a lot of question marks, even though one Super Bowl brought everybody back. The NFC North, they'd clearly be the favorites in. The NFC East stinks. Everybody in the South stinks outside of outside of Tampa. Maybe New Orleans is a playoff team. The West is really good, but like, would you not take the Packers over any of those teams? Well, with him, but that's, well, that's what I mean. If you're him, like, wouldn't you just say screw it? Like that. Like, look, let's just say that all this is true, and he hates Kudikas. He hates the general manager. Okay, fine. I hear that. Okay. And after this year, you get the hell out of there. But if I'm him, I would go back there, win 14 games, go be the one seed again, this time win an NFC title game, maybe play better in it, by the way, okay? And then you know what? Move on. But to me, if you're him, don't you want to desperately, like more than the money, don't you want to win one more Super Bowl? Like you're not doing that in Vegas. That is not going to happen. 
No, but what? It, look, look to everything you just said. It's wide open, man. I, yes, Kansas City is Kansas City, and that's going to be a tough nut to crack. But everyone else, I'm not betting on Tampa Bay just for the sheer fact that repeating is so incredibly unlikely. And Tom Brady's old. Now their defense is still great. But I, listen, I, I think he looks at it like if I go to Miami, if I go to – Let's say San Francisco wants to wait a year to play Trey Lance. I don't know. Hey, Bill Belichick, you got a miracle up your sleeve. I'll come to New England and show you what what a better court. Like there's, you know, I think he could convince but, himself that we're a, a bunch of places that he could go. Maybe. You know? But all those ships have sailed, man. He's not going to San Francisco. They have no picks. He's not going to New England. They just took Mac Jones. Like Miami, okay, maybe. Maybe, right? Like Miami's a real one. I know when, when this all came out, that was the first team I thought of, right? But, like, if you go to the Raiders, they have no defense, man. That team has no chance. None. They're not beating Kansas City. I don't care if they have Rodgers or not. Like, Denver maybe. Denver is interesting. They have a good roster. But, again, you're in Kansas City's division. Like, you're going to have to beat them out or you're going to be on the playoffs. You're, or you're going to be on the road in the playoffs. Like, if I'm him, as he can hate them all that he wants. I would stay in Green Bay because guess what? That's the best on-field situation that is available to you this year. They are better than the, the Broncos. They are better than the Dolphins. They're in a division. They should easily win with him at the helm and go to the plus. And, and again, to, to put a bow on this, if I'm the Packers, to be really blunt, I basically tell them to go to hell. We're not trading you. We don't care. You can bitch all you want. We need you on this team to win a title. We took Jordan Love to eventually replace you, which he is going to do, and you're going to be a big boy and get paid 30 plus million and deal with it. And that's what's happening. And if you don't want to do that, go host Jeopardy and cut us a check for $23 million and void the rest of your deal. That's what I would do. And guess what, man? You know it as well as I do. He will come back and play for them. That's what will happen. I want to tell one fun story as far as just the enjoying playing the game part of this conversation. I got to, uh, do White Sox pre and post game TV this weekend, Bernard, which was a pretty cool uh, nice, opportunity nice. for me, right? So I'm sitting there with Scott Pitsednik for the first game, and I had Ozzy Gian, the wild man, in the second one. But Pitsednik, if people don't remember, he was a leadoff hitter, you know, played for the Brewers, won a World sure. Series with the White Sox. And so I just, you know, I asked him, like, you miss playing. And he's like, he's like, there, you know, I missed the, he said, I missed the competition. I miss being on first base when everyone in the ballpark knows that you're going 90 feet to steal second and you're going to go do it. And it's like, I'm like, finally, just a, like a, you know, hearing an athlete say like, there is, I mean, he didn't say it exactly the way I want to hear it, but there's nothing in your life. That's as fun as that, man. I'm leading off first base. My hands are dangling. I'm, I'm, I'm scoping the pitcher. Everyone yeah. knows I'm going and I'm going to, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to get there. It's the same thing with Rogers. I would think, I'm in the gun. Everybody knows that I'm going deep and th this is this and and it's there's two minutes to go in the ball game and it's all on me and I'm taking us down there and we're going to win. You can, you don't get that anywhere else in life. Not not to overstate the obvious, but I feel like people miss that. I don't know. I agree. I agree. By the way, I was in Wisconsin this week and I was uh, up in Door County enjoying some time and uh, there's a lot of Packers fans up there, a lot of angst. I was out and we, Stephanie, my wife and I, Stephanie, we were out bowling. Believe it or not, one night we had, we were, it was a bar that also had a bowling alley. And so we were having some drinks and the 
the lane was open. So that would help, right? And uh, we're next to this couple, and the guy asked me what I do for a living. I, I, I told him, and he the, immediately, what's going to happen with Rogers? What's going to happen? I was like, man, if I knew that, like, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I have no idea. By the way, how was your Memorial Day weekend? Uh, were you guys doing anything good? It, it, it was a uh, what? It, how was it? Uh, it wasn't good, Bertram. Uh, outside the work stuff was cool. Um, you know, the White Sox thing was came out of left field that I got to do that and uh, had a little radio at WGN. But I also, you know, I've got a puppy at home, and I uh, I nearly killed Poppy, which wasn't great. How did um, you nearly kill the dog? So. I mean, I'm being a drop hyperbolic here, but we've got it. You know, we're in a high rise and the, the puppy's got a parasite, so it can't go to pee in the park. So it's got to pee on the balcony. So you got puppy pads and the whole thing. And so as I, I carry the dog out on the balcony, put him down, put her down on the balcony. And then my wife, who's very particular with these things, will you shut the door? while you're out there so the dog doesn't come running back in so i push pretty hard the sliding door to close and as i do that the dog tries to run back in and gets cracked um hard which was just a complete i mean can you like how does that happen were you not paying attention no i wasn't i was not anticipating that the dog who i just put down to pee would go sprinting back inside as the sliding door i mean it's my fault i i i granted it's my fault but and then now the dog's sitting there like just looking around and i think he's fine but uh, my wife thinks that he's that the wife that the dog is dead and and now we're we're going to the er at one in the morning and i've, I've got a radio show the, the next day at 1 a.m to the emergency room yeah yeah was the dog a, whimpering nope 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 oh I'll i would say one more time. that to the death i mean yeah. i love dogs <laughs> love them love them i am by no means like one of these people I, I, <laughs> I man fucked. yeah well you tr- try fighting to the death on this one it, there's the, it would have been the death you're either coming or you're not i'm going what do you do? I mean, at nah. that point, you, you know. Yeah. So what uh, was was the dog deemed okay? The dog. Well, that was the thing. Then we get to the ER, and they're like, "Well, it's a four-hour wait. It's one in the morning." Oh. And I'm like, "I'm like," and, and so we we the dog goes in, and then the dog's in a crate in there, and doesn't want the dog to be in the crate. Feels like the dog's gonna be really scared. So can you bring the dog back out? The dog comes back out. We go, we go home. I'm like, why don't we just monitor? I'm telling you, the dog is fine. It's going, it's, it's, I'm sure it's bruised and it's fine. Um, but, you know, so that was uh, Sunday into Monday. And then today we went to the vet and, and the dog's got some bruising and is got a couple pain meds, but is okay. What so is, and what I kind of dog kill- is this? It's an Australian Labradoodle. Are we still on? Is this podcast still going? I mean, I got, well, I, well, listen, you got one strike now. You can't, you can't do anything else. One strike. You no. there's so many more strikes. The dog, you know, did you, were you not paying attention when she peed in the corner? No, I wasn't. I was, I was, I was preparing for stacking. The aren't, aren't you both raising this dog? Like it sounds, it sounds like we're, yeah, yeah, we are, and and I might be a little bit more loose. Like I'm, I can't watch every single movement that good old Poppy makes. I have my limits, Verderam. I'm doing the best I can here. I'm only one car. 
Maybe maybe you and children, not a match. See, that's the thing. Children, we go the kids on the balcony. Ah, hell with it. Just shut the door. Well, see, the, the, the kid is is a little bit more and accidents happen with kids all the time, by the way. You have you never dropped uh, yeah. Daisy? I mean No, you know, I, I'll tell you right now. Here, here's fun. I never have, but you know who has? My wife. Right. Okay, so <laughs> I I honestly can say I never have. But here's here's one that every parent I'm sure can relate to. All right. So Maisie, I'm ballparking this a little. I think she's three months old. Now we have a bed. This was in our old condo in Chicago. It was our guest room, but it was it was where Maisie's crib was set up because we only had two bedrooms. We didn't have a lot of room. So Stephanie changed Maisie, and I think she just changed her on the bed. No, I don't know why she just changed table, but the bed is like I don't know two two and a half feet off the ground. It was a lower bed. So Stephanie's like on the phone trying to set up some appointment. Like I think it was like a three month checkup or whatever. Maisie just rolls. Right off the bed. Like, doesn't land on her head. Like, just land on her side. I was actually at work. at fancy. Stephanie called me up freaking out. I'm sure. Oh, my God. She fell off the bed. I'm like, which bed? Because our bed is high. Our bed's like five feet high. I'm like, right. which bed? Oh, the, the guest room bed. I'm like, all right. How is she? Oh, she's fine. I'm like, all right. Well, did she fall on her head? No, she didn't fall on her head. She fell on her shoulder. I'm like, like is she favoring it? No, she's laughing. I'm like, all right. She's all right. Like, and then the, the other time, now this actually has scarred Stephanie for life, and I'm I'm glad to share her worst parenting moment. She's a great <laughs> mother, but I'm glad to run her down something fierce on the podcast. So when they're little, they're very hard to clip their fingernails. Their fingernails are obviously very small, just like everything else with them, and they move constantly. They obviously do not want to have their fingernails clipped, so it's, it's difficult. So Stephanie is trying to clip Maisie's thumbnail. And Maisie is like moving around and gyrating. And like, so I saw him look, I will hold the kid. Just do it. Like, I don't care. Just clip her. And you know, they have those safety clippers or anything. Stephanie clips her nail and she gets the very top part of Maisie's thumb and oh. start. Yeah. Gets a good chunk of the skin starts bleeding. Poor Maisie has one of these cries where she starts to cry for like five seconds and there's no sound coming out because the scream is kind of, Poor kid. She was fine five minutes later. Didn't even phase her, right? Like five minutes later, couldn't care it any less. To this day, Stephanie cannot clip her fingernails. I do it. And I, but I can honestly say I've never, I've never clipped the kid's finger. I've never dropped it. Now, I'm not exactly father of the year. God knows there have been other times and other things. In fact, the other day, she was hitting off a tee, these little plastic tee ball. And Maisie's like, I want to catch the ball. So I threw it at her, hit her right square in the forehead. <laughs> right. I'm like, all right, catch it. Throw it at her. Bang. Right. In front. She didn't care. You know, kids are resilient. That said, if you slam one in a slider door, a little different. And then like, you know, the cops get involved. So, you know, just all things. To keep it, in mind. It, it was not a great moment. And even, you know, this, this morning, like the, the, the report comes back from the vet that, there could be something with her spine and she's got bruising. So I've got to sit there for an hour, you know, waiting on the spine report and you're terrified. Did I just, did I just, you know, give the dog whatever you could give to a spine, crack it in half or scoliosis or whatever the hell I could do. Um, but, but it came back and, and, and she's good. Uh, well, well, I hope, back to, I'm, I'm glad she's okay. I'm glad. Thank as you. Much as thank you, thank you. I'll, We'll wrap up on this side turn on, on just one. I think you'll enjoy the story. My, my buddy, who's uh, a parent himself, and his daughter comes into the room, and she's like, 
you know, daddy, my arm hurts and like, Oh, your arm hurts. Let me kiss it. And sends it back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Then, then two comes in again. My arm really hurts my arm. Oh, oh okay. Comes back a third time in the middle. Like, daddy, my arm really hurts. And this is the whole time he's been, you know, going back and forth with his wife. That, that, that's fine. And the third time is like, yeah, well, that's when I knew that something was wrong. They went and the, she had a broken arm. I don't even know how they did it, but you know, how do you know? You're, my arm hurts. Eh, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Oh, you actually had a broken arm and now I feel like a terrible parent, but you look okay. good. Yeah, that's right. These things happen. It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's stacking the box. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hey, uh, all right. Football. Let's go into the future. Julio Jones, where's he going to play? I don't think it's going to be in Atlanta. Like, I'm like Rodgers where I think, you know, he will be back. I don't think Jones will be. I will start with this. I think there should be a, just about every team in the league making that phone call. Um, teams that make sense, I think the Chargers make a ton of sense. You have a young quarterback. You got some cap space. You know, look, Mike Williams is good, but let's be, he's not Julio Jones, right? Like, he's better as a three. Um, that's a hell of a trio with Keenan Allen if you can land them. Tennessee, to me, their path forward is to outscore teams because they're not very good defensively. Well, you put in with, with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, that's that's talking. That's not bad. Now, they got to clear some cap space to do it. We've heard about New England. I don't like it with New England. I don't like the fix. I just don't like the quarterbacks. Like, I I just, you know, for New England, I like it. But for Jones, I don't like it. Um I don't think they trade him in the division. I've seen the Rams and Seahawks link to him. Seattle, I get it. Look, you want to get better. The Rams, like with what picks and cap space? Like I, I don't, I don't understand that one. But I, I think any of those teams I mentioned, all of them make sense. Like Baltimore. I mean, if you want to see if Lamar can get it done throwing the ball, well, that's a way to figure it out, right? So any of those teams. He's thirty-two. The Falcons are reportedly asking for a ton. They want a first-round pick and players. They're, they're not getting that. So That's not happening. They're going to wait until they can't wait any longer, and then they're going to move. So it's a, it, when, you, you know, when you try to predict where they're going to end up, you, you've got to at least take a swing at somebody who is perhaps desperate and, and or stupid enough to pay up to get them. Uh, and, maybe, and maybe it's actually a wise play. I mean – but you're right. Like, uh, hey, Green Bay, New England, a zillion teams. Who wouldn't want Julio Jones on their football team? Uh, you've got on the rundown. Can the Chiefs actually go twenty and zero? Are people talking about the Chiefs going twenty and zero? Yeah, it actually became a big topic of conversation while you were at the ER with your dog. Um, so <laughs> twenty and zero. Patrick Mahomes had a charity event for fifteen in the Mahomes um, in in Hawaii. She's got to be living the life, man. He's got a he's got a newborn daughter, and, and he's out. He was at the Clippers game with his wife or his fiance, Brittany Matthews, the other day. Now he's in Hawaii, so he's child having a child, not slowing them down. Apparently, which good for them. When we once Stephanie and I had a child, it was like a, a challenge to go to the grocery store. Um, he was asked about his goals for the year, and he said to go twenty and zero. 
that's my goal for this year to not lose a game. Yeah. He's I, right. I, I, I know that Patrick is setting the goal out there 20 and Oh, now they were 14 and two. Uh, and, you know, yeah, right. And one of the games they lost was they sat everybody. Right. So, I'm, um, but you don't think it's happening. You're oh willing God, to, no, no, you're, God, no. Zero you're willing chance. to take the field, but they're going to, uh, they are going to be favored in every single game. Right? Yes. They will be favored. I think they're favored. I saw a, a line for every game. I forget where one of the Vegas line sites and the only game they weren't favored in was week two was with Baltimore to pick them. Um, and that's on the road. So essentially they are basically a favorite in that game. I, they like, if you said to me, should they win in a vacuum every game that they play this year? Yeah, they should. But I mean, you're going to say that a lot of years in new England, right? And it's just, you're not going to win every game. They're not going to win every game they play. Okay. Last year they lost to the friggin' Raiders at Arrowhead and the Raiders took a bus tour around the stadium and the Chiefs had some other games almost lost that they pulled out of the fire. Like, no. Now, do I think the Chiefs are a really, really good bet to go 14 and 3, 15 and 2? Yeah, probably. I mean, their schedule is not that hard this year. Okay. They play the NFC East. They play the Packers at home, which, like, who the hell knows? Maybe we're wrong and Rodgers isn't there. And that's a joke. And the Chiefs win by 20 points. Um, they play the AFC North, which the Baltimore game's tough, but they get Pittsburgh and Cleveland at home. And they get Cincinnati, they should beat. They get Tennessee, who they should beat. They're clearly the best team in their own division, and they've dominated that division every year Andy Reid's been there. So, I mean, in theory, yeah, you know, they should win a ton of games. I expect, as long as they're healthy, that they will win 14 or 15, that they'll probably be the number one seed in the AFC, that they'll be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. But do I think they're going to go 20 and 0? 20 and 0 is, is a lot. I do not think they're going 20 and And again, the, the direct quote, the only record I have my eyes set on breaking, which would be new this year, would be going 20 and 0. This is Patrick Mahomes talking, not Carm. It's not really a record to be broken, but I guess you would say 19 and 0 is the record right now. So being able to go 20 and 0 and being the first one to do that, that would be awesome. Yes, it would. That's great. Uh, I. Listen, if there, if you said to me you had to bet on one team this year to do it, yeah, they oh, would cool. be the pick. But I, I, I don't think – it's just so hard. You know, you're going to have a week or two where guys are kind of banged up or you're going you're gonna to run into a team where they just have their best game of the year and you don't play well. I, that's just – it's just so incredible. Plus, the other part of it is let's, let's say they actually were running toward this. Okay, and if you'll remember, the Colts did this like a decade ago with Peyton Manning, where you're like 14 and 0, and everything's locked up. What do you do? Are you playing Mahomes for a week or two that's totally meaningless, other than trying to go undefeated? Uh, you know, I mean, I remember when the Colts were in that spot, they didn't. They sat everybody for the last two games of the season, and a lot of Colts fans were pissed. But they ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. Like, I don't know. Like, if you're Andy Reid and they're 14 and 0. And they're just they're, – everything's locked up. Are you going to trot those guys out there for what essentially is a, is a month? I mean, I, I don't now, I don't think they're getting to that point anyway for the record. But, you know, it, it's just it's a question to be asked. I do not think they're going 20. And, and they've got some tough games in the first seven weeks of the season. They've got Tennessee on the road. They've got Baltimore on the road. Buffalo at home. 
Yeah, I, I don't think they get through the first seven without a loss. Some, someone's going to get them. They'll uh, lose some game. They'll probably lose some games like Washington or Tennessee. Like some game where they're not up for the game. It's an early kick. See, to me, and then we can move on. This isn't even really about the Chiefs, just in general. I always think if you're going to play a really, really, really good team or a great team, you want to catch them early window in your own building, like a game where they are just kind of emotionally down, maybe a little checked out. Like, to me, if I'm the Ravens, I'm cursing out the NFL for putting them on Sunday Night Football against Kansas City. Because the Chiefs, you know, any anyone who's ever been around these guys, those, those games, guys get up for those games. It's a primetime game. It's national TV. Everybody's watching. It's stand Nobody wants to be embarrassed in those games. So guys come out flying on Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football. Thursday's a little different because it's a short week. It's kind of weird. But you get a team on, on Sunday or Monday Night Football. Like Buffalo, they got to play the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football at Arrowhead. That's a brutal spot, right? Like you – if you're Washington, you get the Chiefs. It's a 1 o'clock kick. It's in your building. Like, eh, at a conference. That's the kind of game where, like, you might catch the Chiefs in a game where they're kind of in a stupor for half the game and it's fine. Like remember last year the chiefs played Miami and it was in Miami and it wasn't, it was, it was just an afternoon game and the chiefs like Mahomes threw two picks and took a 31 yard sack in the first quarter. Like it was just ridiculous. And then they scored 31 straight points. That's one of the more amazing things about the whole current KC extravaganza you get down huge to Houston in the playoffs. No problem. Get down big to Miami. Look terrible. No problem. I mean, the light switch, which is also the danger thing for Kansas City, right? Because you always feel like you can flip it. Uh, all right. Hey, let's let's take a look at Indy. Will Carson Wentz be better or worse than Phillip Rivers? I talked to Naheem Hines. We, had, we interviewed one of the Colts yeah. running backs uh, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He's saying that Carson is coming in. He's on Zoom calls. He's taking a leadership role he's not forcing getting to know his teammates but yet doing his best to have a presence there already called him a leader of course there was always some stuff about Wentz in Philly about you know his being him being a little bit particular at times but those rumors were always shot down too by a lot of teammates bottom line dude hasn't played great football but he's also been playing in Philly so can he be better than Philip who had a good year man I mean really at the end of the day I don't think he's gonna be better than Philip Rivers I mean, people said they want Philip Rivers threw for like forty three hundred yards, bunch of touchdowns. They went eleven and five. What is Carson Wentz done the last couple of years, and frankly, most of his career, to make you think he's going to play better than that? Like, if you go and look at Carson Wentz's career, okay, if you go and just just by the numbers, look up what he's done. Uh, he's had one year where he would have been better than what Rivers did last year. Okay, he is. He has thrown for 4,000 yards once. Now, to be fair to him, he was well on his way to doing that in 2017 when I think he would have been the MVP in the league. That was his second year. He had thrown 33 touchdowns. He had 3,300 yards, and he got hurt at the very beginning of, of week 14. Okay, so he would have in that week. He would have gone over. His, his career, though, otherwise, okay, his rookie year is his rookie year, whatever. He was okay. He was fine. He threw for like 3,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, 14 picks. Throw that out. Then he's great his second year. Would have been the MVP, but gets hurt. Okay, Brady ended up winning the MVP that year. 2018, he comes back, played in 11 games. 
Okay. Three, 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, seven picks. 2019, 4,000 yards. Okay. He, he throws for 27 touchdowns, seven picks. I actually, in a lot, now he, his yards per attempt was 6.6. He threw the ball a ton that year, 607 times. I would argue, though, that year was actually impressive because they were so banged up. And then last year, of course, he was terrible. Completed 57%, 16 touchdowns, 15 picks, 2,600 yards in 12 games. Like, I, I, I can't think he's going to be better than Rivers. Like, I don't think – if he's if he's decent, maybe he's around what Rivers did last year. But better – like, better to me is he's going to throw for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. I don't think he's doing that. Well, look, he physically he's going to be better. The potential is there yes, for him to yes, be better. Physically, yes. Um, and look, I think last year you 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 can certainly make an argument that let's just throw it out. The Eagles were terrible. He was banged up mentally, gone, and you go back. You know, you start creeping backwards. Okay, like always you know no worse than three to one touchdown to interception and you know when when healthy massive talent but just just for the numbers just look philip threw for 4169 yards last year he threw 24 touchdowns he threw 11 interceptions um 7.7 which is you know the standard career average for for philip as far as yards uh per, per attempt he had a good year i mean he did not play like a 39 year old so He's not stepping into Andy Dalton's shoes as we move along here to the Bears and whether or not Jay Cutler is right about playing or not playing Justin Fields. He was on Chicago radio, ESPN 1000 in Chicago, and his quote was, I wouldn't play the kid to start. I would let him watch. I think it's just a tough spot to put someone out there, especially in Chicago. I think Andy is more than, is more than serviceable. I think they can win games with Andy and kind of float the ship along until the kid is ready. Uh, Cuddy, you make, you're making some sense. Not that you know, going at your wife in a divorce settlement to get a part of her branding company, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Very interesting that Jay is trying to do whatever he can to make Kristen's life miserable. But this one does make sense. Uh, how you do don't think Justin, so. I mean, how does Justin Fields look in August? What's the rush, though? I don't Why? why? Well, okay. Number one, I mean, would the Bears like to win games this year? Because Andy Dalton stinks. He you, stinks, oh, man. Hold, hold, that, that's fine. But at the beginning of this year, week one, Dalton versus Fields, who gives you a better chance to win? You sure know. it's I'll, not I'll Dalton? You on, I'll tell you on August 30th. Like, let me see what Fields looks like. Because, I'll, like, listen. I am not the guy who says, oh, I'll just run him out there, whatever. I'm not saying that because I do believe if he needs reps behind, you know, the scout team, fine. I'm not saying they should just run him out there tomorrow. I answer, like, okay, I'll, so here's, here's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Last year, Anthony Lynn, who's now, by the way, not a head coach anymore. He's with the Detroit Lions, and I, I think will be head coach again, but he was vehement. We are not starting Justin Herbert. We're starting Tyrod Taylor. We're starting Tyrod Taylor. We are starting Tyrod Taylor. Okay. Then the Chargers team doctor got involved. All right. And screwed that whole plan up. And week two, Justin Herbert came in completely 
unprepared to be the starter for that game against Kansas City and lit them up like a Christmas tree in that game. And it was like, holy shit, he can really play. Like, they were ready to sit him. And for what? For Tyrod, who, by the way, is basically Andy Dalton. You were sitting him for what? Now, on the other side of it, the Dolphins sat Tua and probably should have sat him longer because he stunk last year. And now Peter King has this quote in his column that Tua basically said, oh, yeah, listen, I just didn't know the playbook. That's great. Um, I, I get that there – and my point is there are both sides of this. But if Fields comes out and he plays really, really well in summer, right, and, he, and he, he's lighting it up, and I get the preseason games, but, like, he's lighting it up, you play him. You play him. That's what you do because he's your best option. And by the way, if they don't win this year, there's going to be a house cleaning at Hallis Hall. So I would play him. I'm not 100% certain on what you just said if, they, if there really would be a house cleaning. It's possible. Oh, my God, dude. If they go 7-10 and 10 and they don't fire these I – mean, like, there's, there's going to be an uprising. If, if, if they won't care. And if they do go 7-10, and 10, that's not going to be good enough for a firing. They, it's got to be – so weird now. You have to switch everything up. It's got to be five and twelve, uh, something like that. There's there's been some interesting noise around the Bears right now that the family might consider selling the team. Seen that? So, which I don't believe, and it was reported on by Jim O'Donnell in the Daily Herald, who I I'm sure he's got some sources on this, but that's not exactly who who you would expect to see the report coming from. Uh, you know, it's not Brad Biggs of the Tribune or Dan Weeder or whoever, but um, so I'm, I'm sure he's got some level of source of whatever that he's talking to, but it just seems very odd. Uh, look, if Fields is good, though, to your point, and he's ready, there's nothing more that Ryan Pace would want to let people know that he got this one right. If they right. actually – they that that would – go a long way to allowing him to sleep well at night. Let's do in or out real quick here. The Bengals, we're looking at you, Cincinnati, will win at least seven games this year. In or out? Out, but I think they're much more competitive. I, I, I like the direction the team's going. Burrow's back. He played well as a rookie. They have weapons on the team. I think that defense is going to keep them from being good because they lost Lawson. They lost William Jackson. I just don't understand. Like, how do you not pay these guys? But they lost them. Trey Hendrickson did come in to replace Lawson. We'll see how that pans out. I think that's a downgrade. But um, I think their offense is going to score a lot of points. And, you know, you look at that team, they've got guys, man. Like, they have guys. You know, Higgins was a good rookie. Boyd can play. Mixon's a hell of a back. They've added some guys in that offensive line. They brought in Riley Reef. They get Jonah Williams back off injury, their first round pick. So, like, I, they have guys, but I, I see them as like a six win team. So, I'm not I'm not going way under, but I, I think they'll go like six and a lot. It's a tough schedule, man. I'm just it looking is. at it is, it is uh, I'm looking at Minnesota, the Bears, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Green Bay. Uh, you get to play the Lions at Baltimore. Do, you know, you got your jet game. There we go. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd say no if I, if I had to uh, pick it. I, 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 think, I think they're still a 5-6, even 4-1 team. And we also – it's hard to really call it because is Burrow going to be healthy and all that. Uh, the Cardinals will make the playoffs this season. What do we think? I'm out. And I actually was in on them 
last year as a team that I thought was going to really do something. They started out great, and then they fizzled. Got a good look at Cliff Kingsbury last year. Didn't love it. Like, a lot of bad situational football. A lot of, like, panicking in moments where they didn't need to panic. They lost games they shouldn't have lost because they were horribly coached. And I don't love the offseason. Look, I like that they got Rodney Hudson. J.J. Watt and, and A.J. Green, like, why? You paid a lot of money for J.J. Watt. Who, if he's healthy, great. But, like, how often is he healthy? A.J. Green's been done for years. I would have liked to have seen them add some younger guys. They didn't do that. I do like Hudson. He is still a very good player, even though he's a veteran guy. But I tell you what, man, if the Niners are healthy, that division, who are they better than? Right. And they have a very tough non, you know, out of the division, a lot of tough games. They got to go to Tennessee. It's very they, tough. They got to go to Tennessee. They've, they've got to go to Cleveland. Who knows? You know, a lot of people are betting against Dallas, but I don't know that they're playing them the, in week 17. Cowboys won't be fighting for a playoff berth at that point. I mean, that's not a, that's no gimme. They're going to Chicago. They're going to Detroit. Uh, I, I think I'm out on Arizona. Quick time out. Stay with us. You are listening to Stacking the Box. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Rest chin on ground. Look into distance. Bark for no reason. <laughs> Check front door, check window, check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball, find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. One more for you in our in or out. Or actually, two more. I'm sorry. Drew Locke starts at least nine games for Denver in 2021. I'm in. I think you will because I think Bridgewater's just a guy, and we don't think that Rodgers is going to get moved. So I think they're going to let Locke play, but I I don't think he's going to play the whole season. I think at some point they're going to make a move. He just everybody now thinks all these quarterbacks who have struggled early in their careers are all Josh Allen now. Oh, he's going to be fine. Let's look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen is great, great for him. That is the outlier to end all outliers. If you're that bad your first couple of years, you're pretty bad. And Drew Locke's been bad. So I'm in because I think the Broncos really have no better option. But I I don't think he's going to play the whole year. I think he'll eventually get benched. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's already out there giving solid compliments to Drew Locke. They're not paying him like a starting quarterback. Mm, but I feel like he's going to play about 10 games. I think we're going to get a lot of Teddy here because um, Drew Locke is just not good at the game of football, which is a key thing to being a good quarterback. So I will be out on Drew Locke starting at least nine. And let's go to the Dolphins. They'll regret letting old man Ryan Fitzpatrick walk out the door, in or out. I think they are going to regret it. Wow. That's that's depressing. He was the best quarterback on the team last year. No question. And I'm not sitting here saying like he would lead him to a Super Bowl, but he's been loved by the teammates. He's he's a quarterback who's serviceable. I got to tell you, remember last year when Tua stunk up the joint and they just yank him in the third quarter of these games? Oh, they're not yanking him now. 
He's now, and, and, and by the way, at some point you have to just play it out. Like, I'm not saying the Dolphins are wrong for letting Fitzpatrick go, but my point is the reason I'm in on this is I think there are going to be times where they're like, damn, it would be really nice to have somebody who could potentially give us a jolt, give him a scare, because if you start looking at their depth chart, man. All right, two is obviously the guy. We know this. Jacoby Brissett's the backup. And by the way, that's fine. He's a good backup. Sure. Um, but Fitzy gives you a little more upside. I don't know that you're going to go for the hook for Brissett so quickly, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, his quote to Peter King that he didn't know the playbook last year. Like, I get you're a rookie. I don't expect you to know it like a five-year vet. Bro, you got to know the playbook. Like, this is this is your job. Yeah, I mean, it's 2020 in the NFL and quarterbacks come in now. This isn't like when you were a kid or even when I was a kid where if you were a quarterback, you got drafted in the first round. You usually sat year, maybe two years. You're expected to play. Like, you had to know. It's not like they had, like, Dan Marino in front of him. Like, you had to know there's a decent shot you're going to get playing time. You didn't know the playbook? What? I mean, I, I give like, him credit for being like forward facing and admitting it, but dude, that's yikes. Those uh, he's not saying that he didn't know some of the playbook. He didn't know enough of it. You better know enough of it. <laughs> like that's a problem, man. It feels like calculus or biology or pick a zillion classes that I did not study in. Like those, I I get it. You're an NFL quarterback. You must do your job and you probably like looking at all the formations and verbiage and all that stuff. But it's also, it's just, to me, it seems crazy how much they actually have to digest to be able to play the game, especially at that position. Uh, I don't think they're going to regret letting Ryan Fitzpatrick walk out. Maybe they might regret not having a better option, but like, look, dead and gone. Let's move along. That that's that ship is, is overdue and and has sailed. Uh, All right. Wrapping it up here, I already gave my life of the dog. So, Verteram, let's have at it. Julius Randle, the Knicks, Derek's doing everything he can. They're trying to rely on him like he's MVP Rose from 2011. You need a little bit of a miracle right now. They stink. Um, <laughs> I was lucky enough to be up in Door County for games three and four, so my dad had to just keep texting me updates of the game because I was out with Stephanie. And he would just invariably be like, oh, it's tied. They're up two. They're down four. They're up one. They're down 20. That's how both games went. It was just immediately just a landslide of points around halftime, and the game was just over. I, and Admittedly, I did not see uh, the last game four when Atlanta got you by – what did they beat you by? 17, oh, they smoked them. They killed them. 113.96. Yeah. And Randall uh, – Randall and Barrett the- actually played better in game four, but – yeah, 23 and 10. So Yeah, I mean, but, they, you know, look, I said this going into the series, and I'll still say this. If they lose in game five, they get blown out. This is still a great year. They had a great season. They've, they've, they've rebuilt what was a dead franchise. They've gotten some respect. They have something to build off of. Here is my big concern coming out of this. I never thought Julius Randle was the number one player on a great team. Like, I think he's the number one player on a good team, which he has been, okay? But I never felt like if they were ready to like compete for a title, that like Julius Randle was a number one guy. Now I watch this series, and it's like, 
is he even a number two guy on a really good team? Because he looks horrified. Horrified. He'll, he'll look, how old is he? 24, 25? 26. 26. First time in the playoffs as the main guy. He can settle nicely into a two spot. He's a more ideally in a three. If you're, if he's your three, you got a shot at things, but look, you guys had the garden cooking. You got a playoff win. It's a little, feels a little bit like you overachieved. Uh, I mean, Tibbs squeezing the lemon. No question. So that's a little concerning for the old future. You're obviously going to need some talent reinforcement, but from where you were, Verderam, you're right. You're right to celebrate it. And for me, uh, Hey Phoenix, don't be afraid to do this. You can, you, yeah, for the you, love of God, beat the Lakers, yeah, by the just, way. And I'm, I, I'm going to get in trouble saying this. Like LeBron is just insufferable. I'm sorry. I, I, he's a great player. I, you'd be a fool to say he's not the guy as great as he is. He is absolutely just unrootable. As far as I'm concerned, he is just, it's just a flopping. And then, and like getting into Jay Crowder and Gates, bro, it's Jay Crowder. Like, who cares? Go get in a Chris Paul or something. Go get in a Devin Booker. Like, like this, like, like he's constantly doing all this crap, like shooting arrows. Just shut up and win the game. Like, you should win the game. You're LeBron. Like, in the flopping nonsense, and he's not the only one who does it. Chris Paul does it too, and it's obnoxious. Okay. But like, it comes off a little different, right or wrong, when you're 6'9 and built like a freight train and you're flopping because, you know, Devin Booker kind of ran into your arm. Yeah, it's it's uh, insufferable is a good word for it. It's just enough, man. But God, uh, look when I when you this is a very nuanced guy, LeBron. You've got your you've got your I promise school, one of the coolest things that an athlete's ever done. You're an incredible basketball player. You've been in the limelight since you were what 15 years old, and, and he's never, exceeded expectations, which were insane. Which he deserves right. all the credit in the world for everything he just said. Absolutely. Right. And then, dude, you're the face of the league and you're acting like a complete bozo out there trying to uh, get calls that you don't deserve. You're not Patrick Beverly or whatever, Bill Lambeer, or, you know, you're not, you're not, you sh- where's your integrity for the game? That's not what guys of your level are supposed to do. So I don't, I just don't, and he's, and he's good at it, but he's also like, it's just so obvious. It's too. embarrassing. Yeah. It's about, and, and by the way, to just go full circle here on the Knicks, I will say, um, you're definitely right. Like they do need a talent infusion, which is not surprising. I think any Nick fan who's been reasonable understands that. Um, I, I know Barrett's gotten a lot of crap. I've actually been happy with the way Barrett's played for the most, but game three aside, he was awful in game three, but he's other than that, he's averaging his, his season average. It's like 17 points a game. And he's taken it to Atlanta. I mean, he's been aggressive. Hasn't always worked out. By the way, uh, Obi Toppin, who everybody was like, oh, this is a waste of a pick, been fantastic in limited minutes in the playoffs. So that that is uh, a positive. But, yeah, listen, they're going to need a guy. I know a lot of people think Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know how I feel about Carl Anthony Towns. I'm not overly thrilled about the idea. Um, I, I'm going to – take a shot at him too even with josh hill sitting to my left here mr minnesota timberwolves i don't like big men who can't get off the ground i don't care how how skilled you are yeah i don't but, think he's a great fit for what the knicks do like i 
I would rather the Knicks wait. And look, now, I, now, if Kawhi somehow opted out and they could get Kawhi, then yeah, go get him. Okay, but that that's pie in the sky. Um, I, I will say this. It's been a great year. I hope they have some magic in the satchel. I do enjoy, while we were on this podcast, Clint Capella talking an ungodly amount of shit. That, that's good. Thank you very much. Like, anything to motivate the Knicks right now is fantastic. Um, like it, My God, if you're Clint Capella, he's not wrong with anything he said. Maybe rein it in a touch up 3-1 in the series. Like, the last thing in the world you need to do is be giving the Knicks any reason to get up. Clint Capella, we can be physical, but we can win games as well. Now we're coming to your home to win this game again and send you on vacation. Clint Capella. I got to tell you, if I was his teammate, like, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely damn right. But at the same point, I'd be like, bro, you just put a, a, a ton of pressure on us in a game where there was none going into it. Like, nah, this is the one way I have some hope as a Nick fan. And they'll probably, by the time we do this again, I'm sure they'll be done for the year. You're going home for hey. game five. Here's yeah. my hope for them. You're don't gonna... don't get beat on your home court. Go win game five. Okay. Have a good game. Like let and then you know what? If you lose in six, fine. Fine. But at least you go back there and you put some pressure on them, especially after Clint Capella's vacation comments. Like you better win game six. Because you and I both know if the Knicks ever somehow got it to game seven, advantage Knicks in that game. Now I don't think it gets there. I don't. I honestly don't. I I think the Knicks lose in five or six. But if I if I'm Tibbs, I'm like, look, we can't lose at home. We already beat them once. We should have won game one. We we gave that away in the last minute of the game. Like, let's win game five. Go back down to Atlanta and force them in a spot because even though Atlanta would have the ability to just close the series out, and they couldn't lose the series in that game, and obviously the Knicks could. The pressure's on the Hawks in that game. Because if you lose that game now, it's, oh, my God, it's three. And that's a city, by the way, that has gone through one choke job after the next. Like, now it's 3-3. We've got to go back. We've got to beat them in the go. Which maybe they do it. But, I I mean, I would feel pretty good as a Knicks fan going into game seven if they could somehow get it there. So win game five. Put some pressure on them game six. I've just enjoyed watching Spike in the playoffs again. Dude's been having his, – his outfits have been top-notch. His enthusiasm has been there. It's good to have a little Nick relevancy. Verderam, good to be with you, my friend. Uh, you as well. You as well. Take care of the dog. Thank you. Liking, subscribing, commenting, it's all appreciated. We appreciate you, those who make it to the end of the podcast. You get gold stars every single time. So, hey, uh, we'll see you next Tuesday, June the 8th. And – yeah, good chance we'll bring up Aaron Rodgers on that one as well. Verderam, you get the last word. Let's go next. Let's go next. <laughs> Win game five. Win game five. And uh, put some pressure on Atlanta. And see, see I, I'll tell you, after that comment by Capella, you know as well as I do. Can you imagine if they have to go back there for game seven with the fans are going to be saying to Clint Capella in that game? If the Knicks, oh, my God, that would be theater for the hilt. All right, I'll get the last word. They're going to be saying it tonight. Clint Capella is going to get the booze. Stack in the box. We'll see you next time. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. 
And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.